Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, welcome to the show today. We have a guest host with us, Pastor Matt Marino from, uh, you're one of, is, are you one of the associate pastors over at Dayspring? Well, he's guest he's, he's, still, he's he's filling in for me. Ghost he, pastors. He began, he, he began when uh, when I was out with cancer, and uh, he's become a member of the church, and uh, we're supporting him. So, uh, not technically a pastor at Dayspring, but uh, certainly fulfilling the role for us. But the URC, the United Reformed Church, now they actually laid hands on you guys. On well, you, right? he he uh, went through a candidacy oh, exam, okay. That's right. which would. Uh, Prepare him for an ordination uh, coming up. Social distancing. They didn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. The, uh, you, you, the, you know, the part, the part with Presbyterians and Reformed is there's a decently in order kind of procedure that you go through a church order that takes you from one point A to point B and does it in steps. <laughs> yeah. So you survived your uh, examination on the floor of classes. I did. I oh, survived. Good. Good. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, this week, uh, so we, we are without Pastor Russ this week. We miss him, but uh, I'm sure he's having fun on vacation. So this week we have been addressing the Black Lives Matter movement. If you've missed any of the last three broadcasts, just subscribe to our podcast, The Gospel for Life. Make sure you type in the, and if you are our 10th subscriber, you will get a prize. <laughs> um, now... One of the difficulties of understanding any movement, Black Lives Movement or any other movement, um, is trying to sift through all of the relevant data in order to get to the essence of that movement. How do we summarize a movement? Now, Nancy Piercy in her book, Total Truth, uh, gives, in my opinion, um, the the best uh, way of, of quickly summarizing any movement or philosophy. And so she basically breaks it down like this. And I don't know if this is, you know, this was original to her. Maybe you know, Matt, but um, every movement has a creation account, a fall account, and a redemptive uh, redemption account. So in other words, mm-hmm. every worldview has to answer the question, why are we here? Where did we come from? Every worldview has to answer the question of what has gone wrong with the world. And every worldview has to answer the question, how can the world be made right again? So looking at Black Lives Matter through the terms of a worldview, and it is a worldview because it seeks to answer the question about everything. It seems it seeks to explain everything. So let's just ask these, these kind of basic questions. Um, what is the creation account of the Black Lives Matter movement? And I'm not trying to over ask the question, like there might be people in the Black Lives Matter movement that have different answers to this, but what is the underlying view of creation from the Black Lives Matter movement? You know, um, before we even answer that question, I would almost rather specifically address this at Marxism because I do want to acknowledge, and I know we all want to acknowledge, there are, there are people who want to be symp- sympathetic to Black Lives Matter who who don't recognize 
the Marxist roots of that specific organization. So I just want to clarify before we go any further, I feel the need. We're talking here about one specific organization. You, you have, if you, listener, you have a passion for justice, you want uh, people to be treated fairly and equitably, and you recognize that there has been in this country a long and tragic history of, of, of racist um, uh, people have been victimized by racism in this country, African-American people. Yes, absolutely. We acknowledge that. We know that it's sin. Um, we're talking here about specifically about one particular organization. So now with that caveat, I'm going to punt to somebody else. To What was your question, Josh? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what is the creation account for Marxism or the BLM movement? Well, let me just move over here with uh, him, uh, with uh, Phil talking about you know social justice and that. We understand that this is required of us in Scripture. In fact, uh, Micah, Micah chapter uh, six, verses six and following says. What shall I come before the Lord with and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings and calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with a thousand rams or with 10,000 rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has told you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. So there's no doubt that we want justice and we desire justice and kindness because this is what God requires of us and this is what we do out of gratitude for what he's done for us. He's, he's not asking me for my firstborn. He's not asking me for um, the money from my bank account. He's asking me to love kindness and do justice and to walk humbly with him. You know, We'll get back to the creation thing in a second. <laughs> Nobody's. Gonna, I don't even know why I, I read the question. I have, an, I have an answer for that. But dovetailing that, you know, what if this whole justice thing is a win-win situation? You know, that contrast there in the Micah passage brings up the point. What if the Marxist view of what they want to chop at the roots of the tree, what if those are the very things that would would be how we bless and love minorities. Yes. What if the rule of law and the free market system, but especially those institutions God has created, the family and so on, what if that's the legacy that if we were to preserve that for black people, that would be the way to love them? And what if chopping at the roots of the rule of law and the free market and the family and the church would actually kill both black and white people? What if, you know... Yes. It's like that should be an aha moment for us here. Yes, and that's the way the civil rights movement used to think about it. You can look at quotes by Frederick Douglass and Martin Luther King Jr. that basically say that what the black man has been cheated of is the principles of the Declaration. They didn't want to burn up the principles of the Declaration. They they didn't want to say Thomas Jefferson was wrong. If they said he was a hypocrite because he owned slaves, the whole point was that those are what we want. We were cheated out of that. Now. This anti-civil rights movement is saying, let's burn that. Let's, well, that's how, that's how we can love you, is preserving that for you. Mm -hmm. yeah. Amen. Okay, so now I adjure you <laughs> to answer this question. <laughs> what is the creation account of Marxism? Well, that, and we have to move quickly here because yeah, yeah. we have to get to the fall part too. That footnote you have there is good and it points to Rousseau. So I don't know if Marx got this directly from Rousseau. But I can tell you that in his view, in his book, The Social Contract, the whole thing really starts out with saying man is born free and everywhere he's in chains. So yes. the idea of the noble savage and what happened was civilization. 
and competition. And those are the chains is competition in the free market, where is if you just get rid of that, you'd have the noble savage like in Chaz in Seattle. That's working out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Summer of love, summer of chaos. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, on yesterday's show, you mentioned, Phil, that Marxism, Freudism, and Darwinism all kind of rose at the same time in the 19th century. And what all those views have in common is they have an atheistic starting point that there is no God. And, um, and the problem with that, of course, is that means there's no objective truth. There's no eternal, unchangeable truth. And what that means for any of these movements is that at the end of the day, they're all relativistic. And, and really, um, the one who enforces his version of the truth is simply the one who has the biggest guns. Yeah. Although, just try challenging any of their basic assumptions. And you'll find out very quickly that they believe in absolutes. Yeah. Uh, it's just that just they, not absolutely. It, yeah. <laughs> well, they believe in their absolutes. Yeah. Mm. Um, and uh, what, they, what they don't accept uh, is that God has created us and God has endowed us uh, with purpose and uh, with an inherent dignity that comes from being created in the image and likeness of God. That God has created the wonderful and the gift of ethnic diversity. Um, but, you know, when you begin with this idea that sin or what's gone wrong with the world, uh, as Matt was pointing out a minute ago, that what's gone wrong with the world is this uh, uh, competition and power and some people have power and some people don't. And, you know, and, and we, want to, we want to agree as Christians that power is, used, <laughs> power is used sinfully in this world every day. Um, but if we, if we say that the nature of the fall is that some groups are innocent and some other groups are guilty because they're the oppressors and the oppressed and, and, and the, the oppressed cannot be, cannot sin. Uh, because they are 100% victims, you're starting out with a falsehood that's going to lead to other falsehoods. Yeah. And as far as, you know, you're mentioning books to look at, as far as it's coming into the church, another book to look at is just to go back to Machen's classic, Christianity and Liberalism, because there was an original version of this coming into the church, the original liberalism. And this ties into their fall account or their sin account. You mentioned what outside of me is what the problem is, social structures, things like that. And that was inherent to liberal theology and the original social gospel, that what's wrong with the world is social institutions and things like that. And what atonement looks like is, is correcting or reconstructing that which has been uh, oppressively structured. Mm -hmm. But the problem's out there. And so now I'll have a Jesus and a kingdom of all imperatives, and you lose the gospel in the indicative of what Christ did for us. This is very much tied to the, the actual gospel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime you, you redefine creation, you have to redefine the fall. And in redefining the fall, you have to redefine how the world is made right. Mm -hmm. So just quickly for our listeners, let's just review how to analyze any worldview. We're basically always asking three questions. Creation, how did we get here? And what is my purpose? fall, what has gone wrong with the world and what has gone wrong with me? And then redemption, how is the world made right and how am I made right? And that, mm -hmm. those, if you can answer those three questions, you might have a simplistic, you know, kind of summary of any worldview, but you do have a summary. And, and Marxism answers all those three questions in radically different ways. And I, I would just say this, and maybe you guys can challenge me, you cannot be a, a Marxist Christian. 
because those two worldviews contradict each other. I, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying that a, a person born again can't have inconsistent ideologies in his head. What I'm saying is consistently those two worldviews oppose and destroy each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're fundamentally incompatible. Um, and, you know, can I, can I learn from a Marxist? Probably. Um, and there's any, it depends on what they're teaching you. Well, of course, <laughs> but do, re, do remember, do remember there's a reason why Marxism is appealing. I was joking off the air a little while ago that as long there, there will be Marxists as long as there are undergraduates. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I hate to be, you know, I, yeah. hate, I hate to sound like the condescending old guy, yeah. you know, which is what I am. Uh, but, uh, you know, as long as there are gullible young people, there will be Marxists. Yeah. And, uh, but recognize that any really powerful falsehood, any, and, and Marxism is a heresy, by the way. It's not just a falsehood, it's a heresy. It's a false religion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and anything that, that is powerfully persuasive has just enough truth in it to make it float. And that's what we have to recognize. What is, what is that wisp of a truth that makes it persuasive to people? And what's Christianity's answer? Mm-hmm. Do we have a better answer? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what we need to, to keep in mind, and particularly for our young people who are vulnerable to these falsehoods. What is the better answer of the gospel? Well, Matt, you have 30 seconds. Give us the gospel. Well... I was going to say, if we have a, a chance in the in the last uh, thing, we mentioned Ezekiel 18, and maybe we could throw Ephesians 2 into that too, because one of the things that's coming back to us is when we say, no, the answer is the gospel, I see a lot of eyes rolling. I see a lot of people saying, that's just a Sunday school answer. That's so patronizing. That's so." I've seen people do that to MacArthur. I've seen them do it to others who are saying that we have better answers. Oh, yeah, the gospel. Oh, just love. Oh, it's just sin. You're minimizing the horrors of racism and so on. No, we, we need to be familiar with how those texts answer that question in a more profound way than, than these ideologies. Amen. Well, we'll hopefully yeah. we'll get into that on tomorrow's show. This has been The Gospel for Life.